I do also feel that while it is extremely challenging to expect arts groups uh, working in a medium that is, you know, we've been doing the arts for thousands and thousands of years, right, to suddenly feel like they have to pivot and go digital, uh, it's almost as if the, the, the community needs to get over itself and get over this trauma before they can um, just switch, you know, to 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 a digital platform. It's not it's going to be, I can imagine, to some degree, quite superficial at first. But one of the benefits that have come out of that is that the shows that have gone online, even if you might disagree whether or not it should be free, has reached out to new audiences. And it has, um, in a way, been an important bridge to those people who feel that the arts was not for them. Um, having been in a, a couple of these shows, so for example, Beauty World, uh, you know, uh, that I was in supervision for by Walt Rice and Late Company, all those shows uh, reached tens of thousands of audiences, and which we could not have reached just being in the theatre alone. And people were able in their homes to watch it with their families, you know, their grandmother and so on, and have conversations about the topic which was really amazing because I'm hoping that when we can go back to the theatre again, there will be new audiences who experience a little bit about what theatre can bring and what it can stimulate and provoke in terms of a conversation and decide that, yes, maybe theatre is for me, you know. So that's that's kind of my takeaway from, from the past few months, you know, watching so much of it online. But I'm interested to find out from you guys, what do you feel are the silver linings, are the opportunities from this rather dark cloud that we're experiencing? Uh, Terence, maybe you can go first. Yeah, the first thing first, we also look at the beauty of the online digital programs, um, cross-boundary um, and uh, cross-country. So we are talking about... Um, the online program is not going to limit us to do it in a local productions. Reach out to the local audience. Um, we should think big and uh, we should think across. So this is the first thing first um, that go back to the capability buildings in terms of how do we market our concerts uh, in the digital world. Um, this is the capability. Just now uh, we talk about the kind of a grants that um, offered by the National Arts Council which I think the capability buildings, uh, which is something that we need to think about and uh, that can sustain us for the new normalcy instead of just for immediate uh, presentation. Um, number two, I was thinking about the uh, how could we arm with the new uh, knowledge in terms of reach out to the sponsor and donors. Uh, this is the part that uh, we have to keep our stakeholders um, engaged. And um, that is another skill that we need to cultivate and uh, to feed, uh, to change the mindset of our viewers and listeners. Um, working with the press and media and social media, um, which is something that um, sort of forward-looking uh, uh, dynamics that we are looking at and um, thirdly which is more on the structure of the arts company um, I, I'm not saying that we should downsize but uh, 
can we think about uh, uh, do less to have less to do more uh, in terms of reach out to um, not only um, thinking about live audience but um, the online audience that create more windows and opportunity to work with the corporate and uh, strongly believe that uh, in, term, in terms of value return for the corporate uh, with the online arts programs uh, could create a certain value for the businesses. In the past, you have like 80% or even 90% of live performance as ticketed. But I think now we have to rethink about and re-offer of to 40% or even 50% of online versus 50% of uh, live concerts. So I think these are the opportunity we have to keep thinking and uh, to create um, the opportunities and also um, feedback to the government uh, in terms of setting the policy. Uh, I feel that there should be more dialogues uh, between the arts community and the, and the governments uh, in launching um, this kind of grants. Thanks, Terence. Those are some great ideas and I agree with you that um, being able to reach across, you know, to other countries and international audience is um, is something which I think many of our own art makers never really thought about um, using the digital platform. But I'm going to move on to Heng Luan. Um, what do you feel are the silver linings and the opportunities for, for artists and, and arts groups? One of the things that I... I, I, I realized throughout this this crisis was actually how uh, individual as well as arts group are coming together uh, mobilizing uh, so that they can be in support of each other uh, I think that's that's really important because uh, for this ecosystem to be sustainable it must have a way whereby it supports each other I mean you can see quite a lot of initiatives going out so like uh, Janice you know your Pasa Glamour Art 8, you know, the kind of support they get from the ground. And I'm, and I believe there are a lot of artists who also supported this 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 grant uh, so that we can reach out to and help, you know, our colleagues and our comrades. Uh, I think that's one nice thing that is happening. I also agree about the uh, reaching out to the uh how to cross border using the internet, uh using social media. However, I also feel that at this moment, uh, it has given uh, quite a lot of arts group and artists this very important space for us to really reflect uh, our own practices and to see how our practices could come back stronger uh, when, when everything sort of, you know, I wouldn't say things go back to normal or when we go to a new normal. Uh, I, I, I really look forward to the kind of work that would happen you know, because this kind of crisis really would make artists think deeply about their existence, about human beings and about what kind of a world we're living in. And I do look forward to what would happen, you know, in a year or two, the kind of work that would reflect what we had experienced. Thanks, Heng Luan. Audrey? Yeah, um, in terms of silver lining, like Heng Luan said, one of the things that really emerged was... Um, people mobilizing together to support each other, sharing resources, sharing information. There was so much of that going on. And people connecting and realizing that they were part of a bigger community. So I think it helped to break that a little bit, that kind of isolation that you mentioned that freelancers sometimes feel. Um, the challenge is, can we 
continue with this and keep this up and can something concrete emerge from all these different movements on the ground, different groups of people gathering together? Can we, from all this, find a, maybe a more permanent way of supporting each other, whether it's in terms of you know mentoring or in terms of information resources, things like that. So that's been a positive thing that's happened. I think this is also an opportunity uh, that to to en- engage new and different audiences, right? Uh, as you as Janice you mentioned the you know that online reach has enabled some arts groups to to get a bigger audience than before and you know you can have an international audience but I think beyond the numbers you know it's also also a time for arts groups to think about how do we really forge that connection with the people that find that our work resonates with them how do we how do we enhance the meaning that we give to their lives and how do we use existing tools to do that are there existing tools to help us do that if not do we need to create new tools new ways new platforms to to build that audience engagement um, so I think this is a time when 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 I hope you know arts groups will really give this serious thought so it's, it's a time for people to think about doing something different or something new or innovating to get themselves out of a problem you know, innovation often comes out of trying to solve a problem. That's why I I am actually quite scared to actually go back to normal because I don't think we should be going back to what we had before. I think this is for all of society, you know, um, the whole world. You know, now we've seen this is an existential crisis that the world is facing. How do we rethink the way that we live? You know, what makes a good life? What is well-being? What is government supposed to do? You know, how, how are we supposed to work with the powers that be? Uh, what kind of lives do we want for ourselves that is, that is sustainable and, you know, that, that is, you know, protects the weak um, and allows people and enables people to do the things they're passionate about? So I think all of that needs to come into any conversation about what's next.